Good morning and welcome to the Tech Central podcast brought to you by Vox Telecom and Guardian Eye. We're joined by Rudy Potgita, who I'm so glad is back because you were such a good guest last time. And I learned so much about your product and about how it's helping vulnerable people. And I'm hoping we're going to go down that road again. But a lot has happened at Vox and Guardian Eye since we last spoke. What's the biggest changes that you've worked through in the last couple of months that's resulting in new branding and marketing and just a new awareness? Morning, Daniel. And again, thank you for the opportunity. It's such a pleasure to be with you and your audience here today. Last time when we sat here, we spoke specifically about our ICE product. We didn't really mention the business that I represent within the Vox Group. But yeah, Guardian Eye is our department within Vox that looks after physical security and Internet of Things. And normally when I um, make that statement, we do induction once a month with the new trainees. Always say to them, pause, wait. I'm going to change your mind what you think I'm talking about when it comes to physical security. Yes, we do the boring stuff, but it's so exciting, everything else that's out there. And when you are going through this induction, do you have to explain to them how IoT works as well? Or is it now becoming just a common tongue within the industry and within the world? No, not at all, Daniel. And I actually think we're about to, maybe the next time we chat, we're about to launch some consumer IoT products that we want to take to market. And we're actually debating it as we speak with the marketing department to come up with a bit of a better lingo, a better pay line for people to understand it. Because I mean, IoT, I think I used the example last time, IoT has been with us forever. When you drive your vehicle and a tracking company tracks you, that's an IoT device. It's a sensor making a connection to a server, server processes the data. But people don't know and they're not aware about it. So I mean, one of the purposes of appearing, um, and again, thank you on shows like this, is to try and educate the market out there and make them understand. I always say the art of the possible. I love that term. Yeah. There's so much technology out there and what we do with it is what makes uh, people amazing and what makes this exciting. Do you do a lot of DIY? <laughs> yes and no. So, so we all, Does your wife allow well. you to do a lot of DIY? Because you oh, seem no, to be a problem fixer. You seem to be a problem <laughs> fixer, really. I was born with two left hands. I'm right-handed. So. <laughs> but you know, Me too. But, but you know, Daniel, through the years and through necessity, you learn to do things. So, I mean, I have done things in my life with the help of our friends on YouTube and the internet that I thought I'd never be able to do myself. That's <laughs> incredible. Eh? This connected world that we're living in. And I think yeah. that's where Guardian Eye is really coming to the fore. We're changing the way we look at everyday situations. And I mean, Today, we're talking about video analytics. So we almost, we're talking about after the fact of video or in context video. Hmm. Why is it particularly important right now? So I'm going to give you some stats. Research we did a couple of years ago, about two, three years ago, that cameras, they projected in 2020. So we already passed that cameras would generate 2,500 petabytes of data on a daily basis worldwide. So it's a global stat, not just locally, and it's home cameras, business cameras, whatever. But CCTV cameras or closed circuit security cameras would generate 2,500 petabytes of data on a daily basis. Wow. Take a step back, like I always say, it's a 1024, if you want to be precise, but 1,000 megs in a gig, 1,000 gigs in a terabyte, 1,000 terabytes in a petabyte. So 2,500 of these petabytes a day. And it's also proven that the human eye in, in the security world is only able to see 1% of video that's directed to them. So we're throwing 99% of 2,500 petabytes of data or video in the dustbin every day. And the final portion to that stat is 
Data is the new oil. It's the new currency. It's the new cryptocurrency. So we are wasting 99% of 2,500 petabytes of oil on a daily basis. Wow. 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 So there is means this isn't just for preventative maintenance. This isn't just for stopping bad people. There is monetization and opportunity that people are missing here. Definitely. So Daniel, in my eyes, and my colleagues in the industry will shoot me for this. That's the boring stuff. So just, yeah. just watching videos to catch the bad guys is the boring stuff. That's the stuff that everybody should do with their eyes closed. By using analytical tools, deep learning, computer vision, computer object recognition in video, we unlock that other 99%. And by doing so, we are bettering the service that security providers can provide to you. But that's the boring stuff in my eyes. There's okay. far more exciting stuff. <laughs> so, so what is that what is the exciting stuff that you're talking around here? Yeah, can't hold my excitement. Go back a step. I mean, I've, I've downplayed and say that's the boring stuff. We come a long way from firstly people watching maximum of 16 screens in front of them and trying to highlight something in real time. Then came the era of virtual tripwires and virtual intrusion blocks, etc. But the problem there is there was a lot of nuisance alarm. So a tree would blow or a or a yeah notorious cobwebs in the rain starts making all funny ghosts in front of your camera and, and all you're doing is attending to false alarms on a daily basis. So using computer vision, using object detection, deep learning algorithms, all of these buzzwords, we're able to filter 99% of the junk out. We did a test at a client in Richards Bay the other day where the traditional camera analytics on the specific camera in the given time period picked up 20 alarms. All of them were nuisance. We ran analytical software on the camera that did object detection and said, we're only interested in seeing human beings. And we picked up four positive alarms. The four wow. positive alarms was missed by the traditional camera. So yes, I say it's boring, but it wow. makes wow. a massive difference in service delivery in this industry. You know, I'm just thinking about our estate. And at the moment, we've had perimeter people coming in to try and break in. And it's yeah. up from, from years now. We haven't had any problems and the camera's just allowing our teams to get better. But exactly that, they're now setting up these nuisance alarms to detract from where things are going. How do you... Yes. Yeah, carry on. No, no, I wanted to say, and, and, and the point, point in case being is, is it's too late when that guy's busy climbing over the wall to now go and find him. He's hiding somewhere in the bush, the guy's patrol. You, you want to be able to, and this is the, the alarms that we picked up on this use case we did, is four or five meters from the fence in the bush where the naked eye can't even see the guy. The AI is able to pick up and say, there's a potential intruder, send a security guard. So I always say prevention is the only cure. You know, make sure it doesn't happen. It's too late when the guy's breaching the wall. But let's talk about the other exciting stuff. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I've got to, I've got to get that one down. You've, you've just given me the nuggets, man. Prevention is the only cure. I love that. I love that. So now I know we're going to get into big analytics that Guardian and I is doing now. But are we, apart from the obvious, video analytics, is it the reporting of my video and then diving into it? What sort of feeds are looking into this? Before we get there, do people have to redo their camera systems now? Or are we taking that existing data and making it better? 
we're taking existing data, making a breaching. You can even okay. come with your old analog camera. And I think that's what differentiates. So that's the turning point in the security service providing uh, sort of industry and the way traditionally it was done. Every okay. year I come to you, Daniel, and I say, your cameras are now one megapixel. We now got four megapixel. We got 8K or whatever. We need to upgrade. And every year, the only thing constant, as you and I know in the world of technology, are the changes. So every year, I'm just going to come and upsell to you. Now he's okay. saying, it doesn't matter what you've got. Let's clear the algorithms to go look at what you got and then give you clever video. So give me dumb video. And I mean, that's the basis of video surveillance as a service or VSAS as it's known in the industry. You give me dumb video, I'll go and take that dumb video into my cloud and I'll convert it into clever video and I'll give it back to you. It doesn't matter what system you use. There are also advances in camera analytics and edge-based analytics. There are a lot of vendors that are doing a lot of work I mean, these days, your cell phone is a bigger computer than what sent the first men to the moon. So chipsets are getting smaller, more powerful. I can do a lot more on the edge. But when I take that analytics and I go and refilter it in a cloud on a supercomputer, it just gives me so much more power and the ability to deliver more. Okay. Now, what are the technologies that you're involved in? We're going to take this massive Real-time feed or data dump? I'm assuming we're talking real-time feeds here for security type of incident. Yeah. There's a multitude of ways of skinning it. We can approach it by putting some pre-processing equipment on, on site so we don't eat up all your bandwidth. I mean, depending on what the application is, and we'll get into that now when you talk about the other exciting stuff, depending on what the application is that you want to analyze in this video data, we might need a very, very high quality stream up. And as okay. you and I know, video is bandwidth hungry. If it's not yeah. compressed properly, it's bandwidth hungry. So we'll okay. put equipment down to either compress it or pre-process it. Or in some scenarios, we'll send it directly to the cloud. It's also not that bandwidth hungry. Um, okay. I think the importance is to understand that there are a multitude of analytical libraries out in the cloud. Some of them are free to use. Some of them you subscribe to. You've got uh, Amazon Recognition, Microsoft Cognitive Services, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And these um, analytical engines are there for you to use for your outcome. Throw dumb video at it, process it, and then query what you want out of it. I'm going to jump into the exciting stuff. Come on, let's go. So we talk about security at the moment. Again, while I come and try and do that traditional security upsell to you every year and say, Daniel, you need a new camera because there's high resolution cameras out there. The approach should actually be, you've already got a camera. Let's see what other value we can get out of that camera by analyzing the data. We sit with cameras in every single one of our boardrooms on the Vox campus because yeah. we've got expensive equipment in that boardroom and we want to know when it's been tampered with or somebody steals it. Yeah. That's the traditional way of selling security. I can now go back to that same client without having to sell him another camera, same as the client, that camera that serves purposes of watching over your equipment. Give me a substream out of that camera. I'm going to analyze the data. If I see no one in the boardroom, I'll switch off the aircon for you. I'll make sure the lights are switched off. I'll make sure the projector switch off, et cetera, et cetera. And not when there's a rat or a mouse or a bird or a yes, butterfly yes, moving yes. in the thing, because that's what, a, what a, a movement sensor in a boardroom does. As soon as there's movement or as soon as there's a bum on a seat or whatever, it switches the stuff off. Daniel, you don't know how many Monday mornings when I used to work at the block box campus permanently. Um, how many Monday mornings? 7.30, we had a meeting in Block A. I'd walk in and it'd feel like a chill room in an abattoir because somebody – had absolutely no, no sock to switch the aircon off on a Friday afternoon. Yeah. Who pays for yeah. that electricity? Because me and you are rate payers. Yeah. We know how expensive yeah. it is. Yeah. And, and that's what excites me about video. 
this intelligent camera services switching off and really getting into the everyday work is a difference from just monitoring what's going on that big brother. 100%. This object detection, recognition and tracking, what is that talking around? You gave me some reading to do and I was just fascinated. Is this that if we're on a production line, we can follow a specific object around? So depending on what you ask the video to do, let's use in a production line as an example. I could focus a camera on a production line. I could tell the algorithms or the algorithms will start learning what is normal for that production line. And as soon as something goes wrong, it can automatically alert you on something. So what do I mean by that? Maybe the conveyor belt has stopped. Maybe a parcel has fallen off. From a security perspective, maybe somebody's taken a parcel and put it underneath. I've dropped something in the peanut butter, whatever that might mean. But I can use the same sort of methodology from a health and safety perspective to say, these are no-go zones for human beings, or these are no-go zones for people without hard hats. So it's no longer security. I've asked the computer vision to say to me, if in the zone you detect a human being with no hard hat, you know, Daniel, all it is is they call it deep learning because if I throw 10 million images of a hard hat at the machine, the machine says, I now know what a hard hat looks like and I'm going to alert you on it. We've all been on a website where you've got that I'm not a robot thing that says click on the palm trees. You're just teaching somebody else's machine because somebody else wants to know they want to count the palm trees in LA, I don't know. So they're throwing images of palm trees at humans, and humans say, that's a palm tree, that's a palm tree, that's a palm tree. That's the basis. There's cleverer ways of doing it, but it's a good everyday example. Now, there are so many use cases. Does your Guardian I team then go and teach people what the use cases could be, or do you just sell this as a service and then people apply it to their own circumstances? How does this thing work? Yeah, I think that's a bit dangerous, because eh? I think you don't know what you don't know. So normally my challenge to the sales guys is bring me a business challenge and I'll try to find you the technology to solve it. Because we all know that that's what technology is about. Technology is there to, to not replace people, but definitely make people a lot more efficient and assist them in doing their jobs. So in a lot of cases, it's an account manager that had listened to what our abilities are and then sit in a, in a client's environment to say, I think I might have a solution for that problem. Let me bring in the team. And then because we are such a specialist business within the larger group, we've got a team of sales specialists that would then go and consult yeah. with the guy and understand it, their requirements. You know, And then, and then it, I always say, now, I always think it's a cheeky way of saying it, but I try to say that I'm vendor and brand agnostic. And, yeah. and the reason why yeah. I say that, and, and that's a lie, because what phone do you have? It's always the same phone. What watch there? But I try to really understand the client's requirements and then go and find a way to solve it. But just as a final point on that, Daniel, I think to me, the exciting part is when technology and problems meet and they resolve each other. I, yeah. I think it's, I think that's important when picking a, a partner through this journey. This discussion that you and I are having are by no means a Vox discussion. Yeah. It's more about the exciting technology. But I think it's for the listeners to understand that there's so much more in video than what we traditionally thought yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just looking at video motion detection, intrusion detection, camera tampering, loitering, falls. Is this only for big business, this video surveillance? I know last time we went onto the rural discussion and we were talking about far-flung areas. I mean, what sort of customer could use video analytics and enhance both their productivity and their safety. I mean, are we looking at a farmer in the northern province or are we Definitely. only looking at big people? 
Definitely. So literally anybody that's got the requirement. I mean, a farmer's going to put a camera on a gate that's removed. He's maybe going to stream that back by satellite. But I mean, a farmer doesn't have time to look on his phone every time a bird flies past that camera. Yeah. So definitely from a security perspective, in the unfortunate event of these farmer attacks that happen, the further away from your safety zone you are, you are made aware of this, the more time you've got to prepare. So if yeah. I'm able to put a camera on a farmer's front gate or fence or whatever, as soon as there's movement, verify that it's a human. I mean, you can go down to verifying that it's even a weapon and say to the farmer in advance. So big, small, doesn't matter. I mean, another use case of this is retail analytics. You know, in most of the large um, retail shops, you actually pay for real estate. So if you've got a prime location, you pay to have your goods displayed there. And how better to justify what you're trying to do by analyzing the video, telling the potential merchant that this is the demographics of the average shopper that walks past that aisle. This is how long on average they stand in front of that aisle, etc. A good example, a couple of years ago, we did at one of the shopping malls in Joburg, just a bit of analytics of the type of user that accesses certain entries. And at the one entry point, there was a baby shop and a one of these big, I won't say brands, <laughs> but one of these big pharmaceutical ph- pharmacy businesses. But yet in the morning, Everybody on a Monday morning that walks past that entrance was 35-year-old to 45-year-old males. Now, these guys don't want to go and shop there. Why? Because around the corner was a hardware store. So we realized there's a lot of building happening in the area. And our assumption was these guys are the site foremans that get to the site on Monday and the drill bit is blunt or yes. you don't have nails yes. or whatever. They quickly... So why don't we rearrange the shopping mall and rather put a, I don't know, an outdoor a clothing shop there or something else. Coffee shop. And a... Coffee 100%. for the oaks. Gee whiz. And are you seeing that traditionally the video people would be security folks and it would be from the deep, dark back corners where they come out? Are they bringing marketing and sales into you? Are you getting to do these pitches? Are you seeing people embrace this more or is it still an educational? It's an interesting question because one of the first pitches we did with this product was to the security manager of one of the biggest shopping malls in Joburg and we lost the business because a competitor with something similar was busy pitching to the guy that's in charge of marketing and retail space and, and leasing, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> he was interested because he wants to go and justify why he wants to charge 500 rand a square meter for this shop and only 100 yes. rand a square meter for yes. that shop. And we lost the deal because the security guy, he just wants to see video. But yeah. I think there's a convergence of that responsibility. Like when we had the convergence of voice and data, you used to have a telecoms manager and you used to have an IT manager. Now they are one. That's also becoming one. We're seeing it some of our larger clients because everything's going IP, how the CTO or CIO is taking over this whole security thing. And I think that's the approach as well as you're pitching to a different audience. You're selling the same thing, but you're selling it differently. I'm going to give you another example, Daniel, that I found quite fascinating is using technology such as license plate recognition to drive your customer loyalty. So we've been all at shopping malls all over Johannesburg and Cape Town and Durban where you can pay with your number plate. You can extend that. You can say, hey, Daniel, it's your third time that you at this fast food drive through would you like uh, ice cream on us and just use the app to pay because we can authenticate that you in the car that's got the same number plate. You know, again, the boring stuff is I'm still checking your number plate against the police database to see if you want it in, in any form, yeah. way, shape, or form yeah. of a crime, but I'm bettering that shop experience in the same way. Amazing. I think up until now, the uptake has been slow. The whole crypto mining boom has driven a massive shortage in proper graphics cards or graphics devices to process video because you need GPU to process video, not CPU. 
it's driven, number one, prices sky high, and number two, a global shortage for a while. That seems to have self-rectified it, and we're seeing a lot of changes in pricing, and we're also seeing a lot of cloud computing abilities. Two, three years ago, I had to come and put a massive server on your network down. It cost you an arm and a leg to do these things. Yeah. Now, put yeah. a $100 box on your network down, and, and I pre-process the video, and I send it up to the cloud, and we do the rest up there. Making it very, very affordable. Back to your previous question, three years ago, I could never sell this to a farmer because it was, would have just been too expensive. Now we put a little black box on the farm, process the video and give him what he wants. So how does someone put their toe in the water for this? What does Guardian I have for different types of customers? How can we engage with you? How do we get an architect around and just talk about yeah. the art of the possible? Yeah, so I think that's the, the most important point is get an architect around to talk about the art of the possible. Hopefully this conversation will spring some ideas. Maybe somebody has had an electricity bill of a couple of hundred thousand rand because people forget the aircons on. Um, reach out to us, let us sit down and understand your problem. Um, but, but I mean, it, my parting point about today's discussion is like you say, the art of the possible. I'd like to open up minds to the possibility within video. We all have video in our homes. Most of us in our homes predominantly everybody in the business. These days, it's an insurance requirement to have video in your business. So just to open up the minds to say, I've got this barrel of oil sitting here. How do we extract more information out of it? And give you another use case. We use facial recognition. It's a bit contentious. People say it protrudes on their privacy, et cetera, et cetera. But we had a client, the project was unfortunately due to COVID put on hold. But the client approached us wanting to use facial recognition to recognize their customers. And by the time they get to the information desk, the person has got their file in front of them and they can read the information yes. out and they can have a personal conversation with that person. Come on, Think home affairs. Come on, home affairs. Think of the possibility in banking, in whatever. You walk into the bank, there's no biometrics. This is as secure as a biometric. Yeah. You, walk into, yeah. you walk into a bank, people can serve you without you having to have anything on you. Rudy, you've avoided um, me. You've avoided me three times now. Do we have a starter pack? How much is it for cloud? Is there any way so, that you do that, or do you not have a list? You've got to architect it per customer. Yeah, it's very difficult, Daniel. But I mean, it's not. It's not extremely expensive. So, so you're okay. talking from a household. You're talking anything from literally a couple of hundred. So, so one or two hundred grand for a couple of cameras that we put a box down and we process it in the cloud. And for a more complex business solution, obviously we'll need to go and scope it out. I don't like doing this. It sounds like I'm a car salesman. No, I'd no. rather reach out to us and sit down. This is not something that, I, it's not a bottled water. Um, Where do we, we need to understand the problem. Where do we find more information about it? Where can our audience go and find more info on this? So we are on the Vox website. The, the okay. Busy revamping within a month's time, we'll uh, launch a Guardian Eye dedicated website. But at the moment, under each and every single one of the, the sections within Vox, whether it's for your home, for your business, for your enterprise, there's a security section, and there's a lot of write-up on the security section. Else, you can reach out directly to me, rudy.potliter at voxtelecom.co.za. I'm sure you'll share our details as well on the physical post of this. But yeah, I mean, I, think, I just think this journey is exciting and we need to have a conversation. I absolutely, I agree with you. It's the second time. I thought last time you blew me away just with the ice product. I think this takes it to the next level. You know that I feel, especially for our farmers at the moment. I mean, if there's any farmers that are out there and you're thinking about your veggie production line and how you can improve it and your security at the same time, 
really reach out to Reedy. This is a solution that shouldn't be overlooked. The use cases are just, there's just too many that are out there. There are just so many. I'm thinking about these borderline businesses with shrinkage that's happening where we can now react at the right time to the right things. Really, my mind is a bog. So what are you going to be kept busy with until December shutdown? Is this your busy period or are yeah, you so, going to retirement now? What you... <laughs> so, so Gadi and I never sleeps. We've got a 24 by 7 operation center that looks after security facilities remotely for our clients. So it's a, it's yeah. a camera and sensor monitoring facility. We open up pedestrian gates for a homeowners association in Linwood. We open up roller shutter doors for a fruit packer facility in the Ceres Valley. And we watch cameras in Cape Town and in Namibia. Um, So that facility never sleeps. Last year wasn't my turn. I gave everybody off to go on leave. So this year I'll take a bit of a break in December. But Daniel, we've got a couple of product launches coming out. We've got a website to build, to refresh. So I think also to your listeners, please do yourselves a favor and in a month's time, check in on our website again. First of November, we'll be launching our consumer IoT package, which gives you the ability to monitor mission critical sensors on the Sigfox network. In other words, is my pool gate open for longer than 30 minutes? Has my fridge been switched off for longer than four hours, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the time to go into the detail now, but we'll be launching that on the 1st of November. And then a whole bunch of these little bundles to give the consumer access to this type of technology. Put a camera on your back perimeter wall. If a bird flies past it, we don't care. As soon as a human touches that wall, it sends you a video clip on your phone and says to you, there's a human at your back wall. That's Um, amazing. So so no no rest. (laughs) No rest for the wicked. But if we do get there, if we do get there, Rudy, and you see your way through to December and you're taking some well-deserved rest, where does Rudy Potrita go? Where do you take your family? We actually normally in December stay home. Okay. Um, you asked me in the beginning, am mm. I DIY? No, I'm not, but I tried to do it. So December's, um, we got some family down the garden route. So we either go there, but this year, December, we decided to stay home. Just need to relax, need to gather our thoughts. You know, it's been a rough year. And I think, I think it's, we don't spend quality time with our family anymore yeah. because the time that we spend with our family is shouting and screaming as the headmaster of their school because they around you doing team sessions, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So maybe just, you know, take an outing to the dam and go and have a breakfast or, or you know, cycle somewhere. I started yeah. exercising recently, so hopefully I'll get my body. Come on, Rudy. That's um, awesome. Maybe man. run a comrades in a year or two. <laughs> well, it's coming to the hundredth running and you're welcome to join me. I'm definitely, I'm so excited. You know, I, I watched the Boston Marathon, David, oh, awesome. yesterday. And the guys are just smashing it out there. And it's nice to see the world coming back. You know, for yeah. us who are vaccinated, the passports are coming through. I'm really excited to see everyone is getting more into face-to-face. And perhaps back our next to reality, meeting. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the traffic was so bad the other day. And I was... It was I, a blessing. <laughs> I was almost about to say bad words. And then I thought, <laughs> people are working. You know, industry's yeah. turning on. We're doing these things. Yeah. Really, one last weird question for you. Are you a reader or a movie watcher? How do you up your knowledge? I read a lot. Um, So give us three books that you recommend. Maybe I'm new school, but I follow, and this is not an intended punt for your business organization, but I follow (laughs) blogs like Tech Central, TechCrunch. You know, there's a... Social media that I like is LinkedIn and Twitter because of the people that I follow in LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I come across a lot of technology there. You know, I've I've been in, not in security for that long, but I've been in technology for the past 20 years. It's really a passion of mine. I always refer to myself as a geek. 
If I didn't tell you this last time, I'll tell you this quickly now. My, apologies if I repeat myself, but when my son got glasses at the age of seven, he said to me, Dad, I'm fine with it. I'm a geek. Geeks wear glasses. And, <laughs> and, that, and that's how I feel about it. So I do a lot of reading online. I think I've transitioned from the paper way and, and doing it online. Uh, you know, when I grew up, my first job, I used to buy Pretoria News every single day of my life, yeah. uh, religiously. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I don't think I bought a physical paper in the past 10 years. But yeah. Don't tell my friends at Avusa that. Don't tell my <laughs> friends at Avusa. So one, one book you would recommend that we read before I wrap up and let you go. One book? Yo, now you're putting me on the spot. So, yes. so I, I, I read the Google story, which I really, really enjoyed. I think some of these tech companies are under massive scrutiny lately, lately yeah. um, because yeah. of data privacy, etc. Yeah. It's still very fascinating to see our two varsity um, students turned a varsity project that their lecturer said won't work into a multi-million dollar business. You know, they, they and I might get this now wrong, but I think in year two of their business, they tried to sell it to Yahoo for a million dollars and Yahoo turned them down. They said, you've, you've got absolutely nothing here. We're not interested. And they then quit, both quit their PhDs um, and they went full-time into this. And a year, year and a half later, it was worth a hundred thousand fold that. Wow. Um, and I, yeah, I get excited about that. I like the idea that, you know, my grandfather worked for the municipality for 50 years. Every day with his little suitcase, he went to work and back. And I like the idea that we've created this platform to create not only wealth, but opportunity for people. Doesn't matter what your demographics are. Doesn't matter what your background is. There's no more born out of privilege. You know, all you need is you need access to a platform. I saw an interesting business the other day in Amanskral, north of Pretoria, where a guy's got scooters and he's doing home deliveries. It's like a Uber Eats type scenario, but he's doing it in the townships. There's a success story that came out of lockdown. I don't know the guy personally, but I follow him on LinkedIn. The Batu Shoes. Love he, that He started story. his brand in the middle of lockdown and he's got 30 stores already. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think gone are the days that you have to work for 50 years to enjoy any successes in your careers. Yeah. Um, there, there are youngsters that are, that are showing us older folk up and they barely left university or even never went. <laughs> sure, really. Really, once again, you filled my cup. I know there's the global resignation going on, and I think that might only be in America, but you certainly seem to be an exec who's tuned in, dialed in, and ready to go. And I want to thank you for giving us the time. It's always lovely to see where Guardian Eye is going. And as your brand builds, I hope we get to be part of this journey. Next time, let's do a face-to-face. I want to feel that energy in the same room. From my side, hosting from Tech Central, Daniel Robus here. It's been a real privilege to have you again. And I want to thank you and wish you well for the last couple of weeks as we get to December to slow down. Not that you're going to slow down. First of November, you owe us an update. We're going to go and see with this consumer IoT update. And uh, all strength to you guys at Box and Guardian Eye. Keep going. Keep the passion and energy. Daniel, thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for your team and, and to your listeners. Uh, real nice opportunity for us. We'll definitely keep you uh, posted and updated. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Daniel.